Welcome to the American Soccer Show. A little bonus content for you this week as we ran just a little bit long talking about all the good MLS playoff action from this past weekend. So here are the obituaries for the eliminated teams from the knockout round. Of course, Philadelphia Union, D.C. United, FC Dallas, and LAFC all having been eliminated. They get their own little obituaries here. So sit back and enjoy the content as Emmett and I go through and put these teams to rest. Uh, we move on to the sad part of the show where we lay to rest the four MLS teams we lost in the knockout round. May they rest in peace. We start with your Philadelphia Union. Uh, I'm gonna give a little. I'm gonna give a little bit, and then I'm gonna give you the floor. But uh, here, here we are. I figured we'd be here a little sooner. I give the Union credit for exceeding my expectations and actually getting beyond what I had pro- projected them to do. They lost the Open Cup final again. And lost their chance at a home playoff game and then still failed at winning their first playoff game. This is a very young team. They don't have a ton of experience in the squad, and I think it finally showed towards the end of the season when the game started, you know, the shirts started getting a little heavier, the, the lights got a little bit brighter. I think they kind of shrunk under that. And But they'll be back. I think they'll be back. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think most Union fans look at it, the Open Cup, finishing sixth, not getting a play- home playoff game, and losing the first round as classic union and a generally a failure on their part. Um, you know, some players didn't really live up to expectations. Your favorite, CJ Sapong. Ugh. Um, David Akam, your other favorite. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think with Akam, he was dealing with a hernia injury for most of the year, so we'll see if that did affect him. He got surgery during the season, so it must have been bad enough. So we'll see if he can come back. His right wing is a position they need to address. He could be that guy. Uh, but listen, I think it was overall a successful season. I mean, did anyone really expect them to be a playoff team? Uh, I certainly didn't. And I don't remember you saying... I remember you saying they could have been competitive. I don't know if you said they'd make the playoffs. I think I had New England and then maybe the Union as my two dark horse picks to get in. Uh, with New England giving the, getting the edge. But, I mean, listen, this is... A team that, and you mentioned it's young, but they do have some positions that are aging. Madunian is age is starting to show. Thirty-four, uh, he's looking a little bit more sloppy, but they do have Derek Jones, terrific midfielder. Hopefully, he gets more time. And the big thing for them is their academy, which started under five years ago and is still producing real talents. Uh, they need a left back, Gaddis, who's a bit of a tidy old school defender, is a liability. They have Matt Real, who captained the U20s this weekend for the U.S. Uh, hopefully, Thanks. he can develop and become the man for the future. Uh, but we'll see how they incorporate the youth. See how they, Curtin and Tanner, incorporate Anthony Fontana, Matt Real, and Derek Jones. Because uh, they do have that youth, but some, you know, Madunian, who's been a key player, is not getting not getting any younger. Yeah, uh, I don't have much to add. And just for me, uh, I think solid base to build on, all things considered. Okay, defense that gets that will get better. I'd say a midfield full of hardworking players, elite goalkeeper. I don't think that can be understated enough. Uh, I think I think if they added a playmaker and a goal scorer, they'd be in a good place for next year. But you know, I obviously understand that the Union aren't exactly the type of team that's gonna set the world on fire. Go get the next Ezekiel Barco. So we'll have to see how they address I, their needs. And I totally see where you're coming from there. But I I think if they can hold on to Borak Dochkal, uh, do you don't see him as a playmaker? I see him you as a playmaker. I think assists. they need another. I think they need another person who can be relied on to create. Maybe not. I guess here's the thing. I guess you could solve both problems with one player. I think they need another consistent threat going forward. 
just someone that like I, I, basically what a com was probably brought in to do right i assume that was what what com's yeah. role was going to be was creator you know he, he's very dangerous on the wing you know, to score goals obviously you have to pay attention to him so when he starts attracting attention that's when he can play a ball across and become more valuable to your attack and help out other players that's that's what i'm talking about someone like that so you could possibly i guess solve that problem that i said playmaker and goal scorer i, I suppose one player could fill that need yeah, uh, so right wing definitely an issue, and that is exactly what they need from that position. Uh, but, you know, Corey Burke, 10 goals and 15 starts. Uh, you know, we give a lot of attention to Rui Diaz for doing that, but uh, I think some credit should be given to Burke as well. Because he wasn't even exactly a big name coming in to do that. He had to kind of squeeze out CJ three-goal CJ Sapong for that position. So I, I see where you're coming from because, they, listen, even with that, Burke is nowhere near Rui Diaz. We have to say that. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Rui Diaz is a better player. The stats say that Burke has been had a great season. Um, and, yeah, they could use some more creative outlets. At the beginning of the season, they couldn't couldn't get a goal. But I think right wing and left back is the only real positions they need to address. And they do still have Elsino and Marcus Epps on the right wing So as uh, substitutions. I, so I'm not too worried. Yeah, I think I they have say, good news going level. forward. And I think it's... I think it was overall a good season for them. I would agree with um, that for sure. Because and had they won the U.S. Open Cup, I'd say it's, it would have been the most successful season in team history. So easily, yeah. And and listen, look look at the, they're in the same position as the as three other teams who lost in this round. DC, who everyone is excited for what they could do, who lost at home, much more disappointing. Dallas, much better team who should have been performing much better back in the playoffs. LAFC, team that was. You know the hot thing this season, playing terrifically, big names, sell out crowds, and the Union did on loss on the road as opposed to those three losing at home. So I think all in all, if you compare it that way, it wasn't that bad. No, no, there's nothing. There's no shame, honestly. There's no shame in the way they went out. I mean, obviously you would have preferred a little more fight, but that's... yeah, the last three games were disappointing. Uh, but I think it's and he, and here's the mis- most important part as I get to the panic level. Yep. Here's the panic level. Let's inflate a bouncy castle because we've seen this sixth place Union team crash out early the next year. Very bad year after losing to Toronto in this point. Do they bounce back? Do the core players continue at this level? Do they have youngsters step up and improve and fill in the gaps? Because uh, with that defense outside of left back, they could be there for 10 years. So it's all about the bounce back for the Union. <laughs> hey, I think you're being... Inflate that bouncy castle. Yeah, I think you're being a little uh, harsh on the left back situation there. What if DeMarcus Beasley had been the left back then I'd want to keep him forever. <laughs> then we could be going for 15 years. There you go. So that's uh, see see that, that's, that's my what, rant. They call it a fun roll when it comes to the union putting them to rest. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we move on to FC Dallas. The opposite of what I said about the union. This team did not expect to bury them so early, and yet here we are. They had three losses heading into July, Emmett. They had three losses heading into July. <laughs> This regression to the mean happens, I get that, but this team had four losses going into August. After that, they won four of their last 14 with three draws sprinkled in there. This was a total collapse, perhaps from the fact that the team has so very little in the way of depth. They traded away Kellen Acosta, sold Mauro Diaz to Shabab Al-Ali in the United Arab Emirates. Two guys who were pretty involved in a lot of the things that they did. I was a big Mauro Diaz guy. When he came back from that Achilles injury, I thought that this that that could put them over the top for MLS Cup contention. Instead, the guy just gets sold because I, I actually don't know what the reason behind that is. But and then of course Kellen Acosta, who I thought was fair 
to sell because I thought that at this point that team was or that player, excuse me, was due for a, a change of scenery. So I, I understood that one, but it's just like when you sell those two types of players midseason and then you don't replace them at all, it's tough to compete. And that's basically what happened. This team completely fell apart. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, how disappointing is it to go into the playoffs in that fashion, have that little confidence, and then lose at home? It's shocking. With with what, you know, you could center a pretty talented team. And look, there's no disrespect to Portland. Portland's a good team, but uh, to go the way they did, just hapless. This team was against the ropes for the last month of the season, basically. Yeah, and they never really looked like they were going to do much in the playoffs. Um for me, the big problem was that the the, the striker duo of Baji and Aruti n- never really what they needed, and their thought was, oh, we'll replace Diaz with Baji, two completely different players, and have Aruti drop deeper because he wasn't really an out and out number nine. Yeah, and Aruti dropping deeper did seem to have promise, and so I will be interested to see how that goes next season, assuming he's around. But the Baji thing, the Baji thing, horribly backfired because Baji scored one goal his first game with Dallas, and never scored again. So I just don't think they worked well together. Yeah, I think Badgey oh, was a bad twice addition. for Dallas. Excuse me, he did score twice. So he, he scored in his opener and he scored somewhere else along the line. But yeah, no, I completely agree. It was clearly just a mismatch in per, in chemistry, and uh, perhaps Dallas got caught with the classic video game syndrome, where you know it's easy for us in FIFA to just oh yeah, I'm gonna get rid of this guy because I like the way this guy plays better, with no regard to how it affects the rest of the team. Because in a video game, it obviously doesn't matter, but in real life, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I th- I think they that striker kind of partnership that formed was a part of the reason they fell apart because the rest of their team was pretty solid, pretty much the same as the rest of the year. Uh, but looking forward, I'm looking you know I'm looking at Pablo Aranguiz, the young Chilean, to be uh, the guy who steps in and takes control of that midfield because without Diaz, they kind of needed that. They did, and look, they s- look the DP money. That's you know, one of my favorite things to look at when I look at what went wrong with these teams. You know, Carlos Grezo. He's playing behind that front four. I think he's I think he's pretty solid. Santiago Mosquera, productive when he was on the field. Uh, injuries kind of took his time away from the field uh, and kind of inflated the fact that he, when he wasn't on the field, they were a little less uh, sharp going forward. Christian Coleman, their third DP, couldn't get going, and he ends up tearing his ACL right before the playoffs. So, yeah, that never helps. And so, especially with how late in the season he tore his ACL, you know, it's going to be a while before they see him again. Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a and he lot just started turning it on. He did. He did look like he may have found something towards the end there, but now we'll obviously we'll never know. And it's tough to say. You know, a lot of FC Dallas fans seem frustrated in the lack of investment in this team. And I I don't know. They don't score enough goals, and I don't see how they're going to replace it because, they've, like I said, they already got all three DP spots filled, and it's not like they're spending big money anyway. So, ugh. I, I, I want to look at – I think – they need to address the uh, the strikers. I think they need to they need to get rid of uh, Baji, build around Aruti because you can't just bring in a player and say, well, we're just going to slot him into the formation even though he doesn't fit what we want to do because they do want to play direct. They want to play into their forward and play off of them, which was what Aruti did. He dropped in and they played off of him. Baji's a guy who wants to get behind. So uh, I, I think if you look at that, Dallas can get back to the way they want to play. Uh, and 
and find success again. Uh, look, and so I, I feel like we've been here before with Dallas too. We've we've seen these kind of seasons kind of collapse underneath them, and we say, oh well, here we go. This is this is the time Dallas kind of falls apart, and then the next season they start off all over again, doing just fine because they are sort of in that New York Red Bulls mold where they make their own breaks, right? They they create their own talent, and we'll see. They did start a. Uh, was it a, a USL championship team or a USL League One team? I think it was a League One team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that will that sounds right. That will help. I will say that that's a pretty big deal because that that will help them bridge the gap between the senior team and their academy that seems to produce a lot of good players. So, in that sense, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I guess if you know there was any positive news for FC Dallas fans in the last week, I'd say that's probably it. Yeah, and I mean, again, I think they're still going to be contenders in the West. Uh, which brings us to the panic level. Like an Etch-A-Sketch, the second half of the season must be shook hard and long. Reset to where they were, and I think there's a promising slate to draw a very pretty Etch-A-Sketch picture. Uh, and like I said, address the, address the two strikers, offload one, and return to having a pure 10. And this is, and I think we'll see the, the Dallas at the beginning of the season. Fair enough. Uh, DC United, crazy season. Uh, they started two wins, three if you count the Open Cup, in their first 13 matches. They only lost four more times the rest of the way. Uh, Audi Field, the arrival of Wayne Rooney, really turned this team around, completely changed their mentality. They were on fire, and it helped bring Lucho Acosta uh, to the forefront. I, I don't honestly know this team has a ton of weaknesses. Defense does their job. They score plenty of goals. They create plenty of chances. Honestly, I think if Lucho Acosta stays there's not a whole lot that they'll need to do. If he goes, that I think creates a big gaping hole that they may have trouble filling. Yeah, I think they have a pretty good uh they're in a pretty good position despite that loss. And it's a matter of holding on to these guys, right? It absolutely I look, I think if Lucha if somebody puts an offer in for Lucha, you got to let him go if he wants to go. He's he's very talented, but I think I think he's got one more year here in the US for on him. I do think he's got another yeah. year. I think teams will in Europe will want to see him do another do it again before they jump to paying what I would assume DC United would want, which is a decent price tag. I can't imagine them selling him for pennies. Oh, for sure, and I I do think it's going to be a matter of um, one more season for him. I think he'll stick around because I do think him and some other guys want to see how this project will go. Because I mean. They were in a great position. Like ATL, they had a strong lineup that was just neutralized by Columbus in that opening game. And look at Atlanta now. They're, I mean, they're in a position to make it into the conference finals. Yeah. So, um, and it's not just a matter. I mean, there's other good signs for them, I think. Uh, they have some youth, something I don't think they've really had in the past. Chris Durkin oh, yeah. could be a guy slot next to Canoose long term. That, that, that could be a good pairing right there in that central midfield, uh, assuming they also don't get the call at some point, which Canoose is pretty good. We'll see. He's been pretty terrific there. I mean, Ian Harks, 23, never really developed in the past few ways DC wanted in the past two years, but another good CEM. Um, currently, they don't really have a guy up to, I think, Canoose's level, so I think they could address that. I think maybe they could look at getting a fullback and maybe replacing Berlant, uh, but... Even then, I think if they stick with what they have, this is a strong team. Yeah, a strong team. I would have said another goal scorer uh, on the wing, perhaps. I, I, they have a lot of hardworking midfielders and ones that they'll get on the score sheet every now and again. You know, Saad, Steber, uh, Ariola. he can play right back, too. I actually would like to see them perhaps get a fullback for the, for the reason of keeping Ariola out of there as much as possible. I, don't, I think that in a yeah. game like that, in a one game, 
it's good because Ariola is a very experienced player. You know, he knows his role. He's very dangerous going forward. He gives you that extra that extra wild card piece. But I do think that long term, I would rather have Ariola playing uh, for more forward and having influence in both in the attack and the defense. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with you on the fullback position. I think Assad though is a guy who can get, give you some goals from the wing. But yeah, Ariola maybe is not exactly that kind of guy. So it's you know maybe they'll look into getting a winger. I think with Assad, Steber, and Ariola, and. Uh, Segura, they have a couple decent options there. Um, it's just a matter of uh, can they keep the magic going, I think, for them. Because it's – God, weren't they like, so exciting at the end? Yeah. Oh, and a backup striker. I had I had that listed too because uh, Darren Maddox, I think, is a fine backup striker. But I don't know if he's going to want to stay. I think there will be some offers for him. <laughs> Montreal, uh, teams that need a number nine. I think Merritt Maddox could do well there. With Remy Gard. I, I think Maddox is not starting quality at MLS. He scored 10 goals. He became a sub halfway through the season. But do you see how important having a real striker was for DC? Look how quickly Rooney got to that to that mark. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, oh, come on. You can't, you're telling me Darren Maddox isn't better than every other striker in Montreal. I'm just saying, I think there will be offers. And I don't know if he'll be content being a sub. I think Maddox is... Gives the illusion of being a good forward, but he's got no touch. He's just fast. Okay. And I think he's going to... said the same thing about Zardes. Yeah. As... I certainly did. <laughs> it's possible if he goes to Columbus, Berhalter can make a striker <laughs> out of him. But, well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I, I see him like Breck Shea, a guy who just oh. keeps getting tossed around, someone thinking, oh, we could use him, and then realizing that once they replace oh, him, you did he that. was oh. really a liability. Oh. Breck Shea. That's where wow. I see him. All right, well. That's where I see Darren Maddox. All right, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, the final team here. Now, I really can't believe we're doing this one. But LAFC, expansion side for the season, made it to the playoffs, had a chance at the number one seed, wind up in the knockout round, and get knocked out by RSL, of all people. And what did we say? Defense, defense, defense. They had a solid center back pairing in Zimmerman and Simon. Simon leaves halfway through the year. They bring in Daniel Silva. Daniel Silva kind of picks up where Simon left off. Uh, Beta Shore, solid at right back, but left back all season long. A struggle. Jal Mochino, simply not ready. Jordan Harvey, serviceable. Kind of just a guy, though. Not spectacular. And that defense all season long was not great. And it was not helped by the fact that their central midfield is very weak defensively, especially after the injury to Mark Anthony Kay back in the summer. Because Benny Failhaber, Lee Wynn, not exactly known for their defensive contributions. Edward Atuesta never really found his feet in that starting role. Their third center back was Dejan Jakovic. Certainly not good enough to play in MLS. So that's not good. That 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 this team's defense was just not good, especially through the middle. And and let me throw it a, give it a different angle on this. You have Zimmerman, who was incredibly solid for them, uh, and was a guy who they could count on when Simon decided to play winger. <laughs> they have Betashore, who's a MLS Cup winner who has experience and is, I think, like you said, solid. Uh, at left back, you have Jean Moutinho as a 19 now uh, player from Portugal who got drafted first overall after one season in college. A lot of potential there. Uh, other side, you, know, you mentioned their central midfield defensively. You have Benny Failhaber and Lee Wynn, two attacking midfielders. And they bought into Bob Bradley's system and have learned to play in Phil Hubbard's position as, you know, a six 
which I think could extend his career an extra two years, given that he's aging. And Lee Wynn is more of a box-to-box guy. They've bought into that. Uh, and that's credit to a team that really didn't have a lot, didn't even have a full team well, going yeah, into the season. That's the, that's the Eight thing. months ago. When we started this season and you and I talked about what our expectations were for LAFC, we really just didn't know. Like The team was such an unknown at that point. We weren't even sure what the formation was going to be, where guys were going to play, how you know who was going to be in the starting 11 consistently and uh, you know credit to Bob Bradley who really put this team together just kind of uh, by as he went because you know that's all, all you can really do when you have an expansion team like this is you figure it out as you go and they had a good start to the season they had a little bit of a rough patch uh, at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the summer they found it out there they figured that out then they had a little bit more of a rough patch at the end of the summer and they still got it through that and like I said they had a chance at the one seed and they'll probably rue the fact that they didn't take it full advantage of that game in, uh, in Kansas City and didn't win it and wound up having to play this game against RSL where they lost. And I think that speaks volumes to their you know potential moving forward is that they could have been the one seed. It's an expansion team. I, I think this core is strong. It is very strong. The core is strong. Guys under 25, they have Mark Anthony Kay, Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Diego Rossi. I mean, how good is that kid? Uh, Moutinho. I think Zimmerman's now 26 or 27. Um and they have a bunch of guys that they can build around for at least five more years if they stick around. And I think that's something special given that, yeah, you had you brought in the Simons, the Velas, the Diomandes, who end up kind of disappointing towards the end. Um, but they have youth as well. They have guys they can start counting on. They'd, some guys who, yeah, Harvey was only going to ever be a squad player. Yeah, but, and he played serviceably. There wasn't a knock on him, but, I mean, he's just not... It's just not special, and it's kind of hard when there's one guy that a team can single out in the game plan and say, "Let's just go, let's get this, let's get after this guy." Yeah, but I mean, great, great opening season for all things considered. Yes, I mean, it was one of the, one of the, the, the most successful expansion season. That, uh, uh-uh. no, the most no? expand, no, the fire. They won the MLS Cup, and I, be- okay, I believe they did. Was... I believe they did the double. I believe they won the Open Cup and MLS Cup. So. That is true. Also under Bob Bradley. Yes. But that was in the eight, uh, in the era of, uh, nope. of the penalty shootouts. I don't care. Most successful I, expansion team of all time, Chicago Fire. Write it down. Book it. Okay. Can't be taken away, but this has been incredibly successful expansion. It was a very incredible expansion. season. I don't want to take anything away from them. They did phenomenal. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do going forward just because, you know, you mentioned the core is pretty strong, but there is one guy, Andre Horta. Never found his role. If you remember, his most notable moment of the season was giving away a goal to the LA Galaxy in the in the Trafico, and ended up giving away a draw, yep. which could have ended up being the difference between them getting a uh, buy in that first round. Uh, I I do. He's young. He's a, uh, you know, he's been in the academy system in Portugal, highly regarded, uh, probably more so than Moutinho. Uh, who kind of came to America a little bit earlier. But, you know, the ownership is committed to investing in this squad. And I think a few more acquisitions, a center back, not really much else. Well, well, here's the thing. Zimmerman could be on his way out as well. There have been rumors of him going to Israel, which is kind of a weird move. <laughs> but uh, apparently it's going to pay him more, so that's unfortunate. Uh, well, we heard the same the thing with Steve Birnbaum. True. True, and Birnbaum is and still here. But we'll see. He- he was never this. Honestly, that move would have fit Birnbaum because he really struggled after that in the bad DC side. So maybe it is a good time for Zimmerman to move. So yeah, some center backs. It's not gonna be easy to, you know, put two guys together and have them mesh right away. But hey, 
had to do that with a full 11 anyway, so I think they can do it again. Yeah. 